Welcome back to the Dan Prof Show. And 20 bucks says Harriet Tubman was conservative. That's a bet that uh, Michael Taub made in the form of an op-ed in the Wall Street Journal. And uh, it's just entertaining enough to explore. You know, you always get in trouble if you're a conservative and you suggest that an iconic uh, black figure may have agreed with you on some issues. <laughs> you know, conservatives aren't allowed to invoke Martin Luther King Jr. They're not allowed to invoke the... Uh, uh, the work of Frederick Douglass. I mean, actually what they said, what they believed uh, accurately for fear of uh, expropriating an icon of the left. But uh, I'm glad Michael Tobe was unafraid. He joins us now. He's a columnist for Troy Media and Looney Politics, was a speechwriter for former Canadian Prime Minister Stephen Harper. Michael Tobe, thanks for joining us. Appreciate it. My pleasure, Dan. Thanks for having me. And uh, so the uh, case for Harriet Tubman, uh, she has been uh, re-elevated in terms of uh, uh, let's expedite getting her visage on the $20 bill, yeah. replacing Andrew Jackson. I don't know. It, it's something that I, I'm fine with. It doesn't bother me. Uh, she's a great American. But um, some uncomfortable truths about uh, Harriet Tubman, at least for those doing things like, I don't know, removing Abraham Lincoln's name from schools in San Francisco. Yes, you're right. Those are certainly part of them. It's unfortunate. Many years ago, this sort of intellectual discourse, yeah, I mean, people would talk about it on the left and the right, and there would be obviously some element of frustration, but one way or the other, policy would just move along or the idea would move along and it would either be accepted or rejected or so on. It's interesting, though, unfortunately, as the years have gone, gone on along, and I'm sure you've seen in your radio show too, Dan, unfortunately, people get very, very possessive about ideas and people, places, and things. And Harriet Tubman is one of them. You know, Harriet Tubman is a prominent person in the U.S. Civil War. She was a spy. She was a patriot for the North. She was a great woman overall. But when people hear terminology that she was essentially a Republican, as we define a Republican today, and I'm sure we'll get into it a little bit, and that she would have probably been an advocate for gun rights. When you start hearing terminology like that, people start saying, well, wait, that's not historically sound. That's not historically accurate. But you have to go back to the crux of it, which is looking at her text, looking at her writing, or just examining her as a person. Because I'm not the first person to have ever actually suggested this over the years, Dan. But when it came out in the Wall Street Journal just a couple of days ago, it's astonishing how people erupted. Or maybe I shouldn't be that astonished. Well, give us a flavor for that. What did you get in terms of feedback? There's over 600 people who commented. I can tell you most of them were pretty negative, which was unsurprising. And it just comes into the same sort of thing. You know, how can you call Harriet Tubman a conservative? Was Abraham Lincoln really a conservative? Wasn't he a liberal? How can you associate people just because they're talking about gun rights with the Republican Party, et cetera, et cetera? And the, the fun part about right. that is, you know, how can you associate uh, the Republican Party with opposition to racism just because the party was founded on the abolition of slavery? <laughs> you know, I mean, you can exactly. play you can play that game all day long it, it you're you're so right about how people like tether themselves to an idea or a time period or a person and just won't let that go or, or won't allow any texture regardless of the facts no exactly and for example other people also sort of came back with the argument that abraham lincoln as you know started off as a wig that's what he originally was. Mm -hmm. And he eventually moved with about two-thirds of the Whig members who would go to the National Republican Party, or what we now call the Republican Party today, the modern one. Because of that, a lot of people say, well, wait, if you look at the history of Whigs, both in the United States, the UK, and elsewhere, there were elements of liberalism at the time. There were also elements of conservatism. If we accept the fact that the words liberal and conservative have evolved over the past couple of centuries, which they certainly have, how can you therefore tie 
by Harriet Tubman to today's conservative movement. Because sometimes, unfortunately, when it comes to political philosophy or it just comes to writing about these things, you have to simplify it so that people understand point A, B, and C all connect. Ergo, yes, Harriet Tubman would probably have been different, you know, and she was different at the time she lived in. You know, she was a black woman who lived under slavery, couldn't vote, and as a woman didn't even have the right to vote in her lifetime. Right. She died in 1913, seven years before the suffragette movement was successful. But there's nothing to say in what she's written, what she's discussed, and what she's meant to so many people that she wasn't on the side of the Republican Party. She sided with many Republicans. She was friendly with William Seward, who was a prominent member of Abraham Lincoln's cabinet. And in fact, there's a whole story in my piece, not to spoil the whole thing, yeah. where she actually left her 10-year-old niece with people who, you know, who actually are still in possession of her gun, family members, that is. It's extraordinary how all these things sort of tie together. But to tie Harriet Tubman to anything and argue that she would be part of today's Black Lives Move, you know, Black Lives Matter, the Democratic Party, it's all a shell game to some degree. But if you look at Harriet Tubman, the person, the thinker, and just the individual, she is much more or has much more in common with today's Republican Party than anything else. I, I want to talk a little bit more about the evolution, too. I mean, her own evolution in terms of relationship with Lincoln, for example, more with uh, Michael Tobe, a columnist for Troy Media and Looney Politics, former speechwriter for Canadian Prime Minister Stephen Harper. Uh, we'll be right back. The Dan Proft Show. Welcome back to the show. We're speaking with Michael Tobe. He's a columnist for Troy Media and Looney Politics. He was a speechwriter for former Canadian Prime Minister Stephen Harper as well. And we're talking about his piece in the journal. Tony Buck says Harriet Tubman was conservative. And you made a couple of points right before the break that I wanted to get to. One is this idea that, uh, you know, you have to use like sort of a handle for the definition of conservative in today versus uh, 50 years ago, 150 years ago, and so forth. And so, you know, part of the problem, right, is that you use conservative today and you're going to have so many people just say, oh, you mean Harriet Truman would have voted for Trump? And that's, that's not what I mean at all, right? I mean, you're looking at the substance of the views that she held and the way that she conducted her life and how that, you know, translates uh, 150 years later. But it, people have a hard time reconciling that. Look, I mean, obviously, I'm not a soothsayer. I can't look into any screen and say to you that would Harriet Tubman have voted for Donald Trump in 2016 and 2020? I have no idea. I don't know if today's Democratic Party, at least based on the comments that I've seen and the comments directed at me, necessarily understand that or recognize that as they continue to make their huge journey into the far left, of which many have, you know, not everyone is necessarily in the United States like AOC and the squad, I readily admit, but unfortunately, today's Democratic Party is very different than the Democratic Party, you know, in the days when Ronald Reagan and Tip O'Neill would have yes. a drink in the White House. I think Democrats and I think a lot of Americans are struggling to sort of understand that you can place a historical figure in a modern context and you might have to sort of slice and dice a little bit, but it can properly fit if you go back to the words, the ideas, the concepts of the person and try to tie them all together. Well, there's something, too, is then you recounted this uh, in passing in your piece 
which is uh, Harriet Tubman's sort of evolution of thinking about Abraham Lincoln. She didn't uh, take a liking to him right away. And this is also instructive because this isn't about political philosophy. It's sort of like how people grow based on the conduct they see from others, which is something a lot of people are incapable of doing these days. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, very briefly, the reason that Harriet Tubman didn't respect Abraham Lincoln in the beginning is because she was very frustrated that white soldiers who were serving in the Union Army were actually being paid more than black soldiers. So on the surface, she was looking at this disparity. But what happened was she eventually changed her opinion after Mr. Lincoln signed the Emancipation Proclamation in 1863. And one of her friends, who was a, a fellow abolitionist, Sojourner Truth, who was also a slave at one point of her life, she met with Abraham Lincoln in 1864 and praised him so mightily to Harriet Tubman and exclaimed to her that really Abraham Lincoln is a friend to African Americans, is a friend to the black community, and wants the slaves to be free, to live their own lives like other Americans do and like other people around the world do. That changed her tune quite dramatically. And although she unfortunately never had the chance to meet Mr. Lincoln, she still had a great admiration for Abraham Lincoln past that point and respected his beliefs so much that they really became intertwined or interwoven with her own. And I think that's actually kind of fascinating. I think it is, too. I think it's also just a reminder of, of uh, you know, it's a reminder that all cliches are true. Uh, don't listen to what people say. Watch what they do. That tells you who they are. And so, you know, in this context, too, where press release politics and people can just t- take a position and make a statement and then there's never the follow up to say, well, did that rhetoric match the real world actions um, yeah. and, and there's a real disconnect between those two things. I can't, So many people get away with just staking out a position and not have to do any of the heavy lifting. No, you're absolutely right. I completely agree. And, and unfortunately, that's the easy part. Staking a position is simple. We can easily take a position on anything. But staking your position or your claim and then defending your actions or defending why your position is such is actually a lot harder. You know, it takes thought. It takes intelligence. It just takes some, basically some problem-solving skills. And unfortunately, I find we have less of it as time goes that's along rather than more of it. Totally. And that's really unfortunate, you know, and this has nothing to do with you in the United States, me in Canada, whatever. We're seeing it worldwide. And I think that's really very sad to see. And Harriet Tubman is one of many instances where people just naturally assume looking at her because of the color of her skin, her background and the, the life that she led, that she has to be this no matter what the time period is. I think sometimes we have to have a reality check and realize that people can be many different things at many different periods of time in life. Well, it's, it seems to. Yeah, right. It, it, because it's easy. People just pound, pound, pound labels in every direction. Yep. Pound pound, pound, pound label. So then I, I I don't need to scratch below the surface. I don't need to do any investigation. And God forbid I do any thinking to try and marry <laughs> to try and marry any complicated concepts up. I mean, it's it's uh, it's 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 really interesting. In, in point of fact, it's so interesting that those who are the most radical on the left, the, the real Jacobins, mm-hmm. you know, I almost have more respect for them when they, for example, black, yep. those in the Black Lives Matter movement who reject Martin Luther King and say Malcolm X is the model. Now we're actually having a conversation about people with different views on how you affect social change. And so there's a choice that is being laid bare uh, among a population that is supposed to appreciate peaceful pluralism. Now we're having a conversation. All this other stuff of you're this and I'm that and you're that and I'm this is just so, um, it just goes nowhere. It goes nowhere. Yeah. 
No, you're absolutely right. I agree with you. I, my position is not much different than you. I have friends who are liberals, who are socialists and otherwise in, in Canada, but it's usually the people who are on the, the left-leaning New Democratic Party, which is our socialist party in Canada. They're the ones that I tend to get along with the most, not because ideologically I have anything in common with them, but they're at least ideologically sound in their position. I know that they're not straddling the fence. They're taking position X, they'll have explanation Y, I may not agree with it overall, which is position Z, but at least I can respect the fact that they're thinking and they're saying to themselves, this is what I believe in, this is what I support, everything else around me is just scuttlebutt or noise, as I said to you, I want to ensure that my position is heard properly. But I think it's actually sad to see when people are just sort of set in their ways and are unwilling to at least discuss things. I really just wish people would just sit down and try to understand things. It doesn't mean after you read something, hear something, or learn something, you're going to change your opinion. Generally speaking, if you're a strong person, you won't. But on the other hand, if you don't open up your, open up your mind to some extent and ensure that you're not just living in an echo chamber day in and day out, I don't really know what the point of it is, and I really don't know how much you're really enjoying life because it's diversity or, you know, that's the key to spi the spice of life is really the amount of diversity we have in society. So I think that should be the important thing. So whether people agree or disagree that Harriet Tubman was, a, you know, was essentially a Republican and was a supporter of gun rights, that's up to them to decide. But to immediately look at the headline or go through a few lines and then just readily dismiss it as utter nonsense, I don't really have a lot of respect for that myself. Michael Tobe, columnist for the Troy Media and Looney Politics, former speechwriter for former Canadian Prime Minister Stephen Harper. Fun chat. Thanks for joining us, Michael. Appreciate it. My pleasure, Dan. Take care. Listen to the podcast of the show at danproftshow.com.